Tell me that there's danger to this land you call your own And you watch them build the war machines right beside your home And you tell me that you're ready to go marching to the war Oh, I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for? Before you pack your rifle and sail across the sea Just think upon the southern part of land that you call free Oh, there's many kinds of slavery and we found many more Yes, I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for? And before you walk out on your job and answer to the call Just think about the millions who have no job at all And the men who wait for handouts with their eyes upon the floor I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for? Turn on your TV, turn it on so loud And watch the fool is smiling there and tell me that you're proud And listen to your radio, the noise it starts to pour Oh, I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for? Read your morning papers, read every single line And tell me if you can believe that simple world you find Read every slanted word till your eyes are getting sore I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for? Unlisten to your leaders, the ones that won the race As they stand right there before you and lie into your face If you ever try to buy them, you know what they stand for I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for? Put ragged clothes upon your back and sleep upon the ground And tell police about your rights as they drag you down And ask them as they lead you to some deserted door Yes, I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for? But the hardest thing I'll ask you, if you will only try Is take your children by their hands and look into their eyes And there you'll see the answer you should have seen before If you'll win the wars at home, there'll be no fighting anymore In 1965, Phil Oakes wrote a biting satirical song called Love Me, I'm a Liberal the song excoriated the liberal politics of the 1960s. And when I caught a recording of this song in the late 90s, it really helped shape my politics. Anyway, here's my effort at keeping this song current. I mourned the Tiananmen martyrs whose free speech was so brutally quelled. One more time. I mourned the Tiananmen martyrs whose free speech was so brutally quelled. And I cheered when Mandela walked freely after so many years in a cell. But Chelsea Manning had to face justice 
Those secrets were not hers to tell. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. I'll sign just about any petition. And I'll gladly accept your brochure. I love Oprah and Magic and Foreman. I wish blacks were all entrepreneurs. Capitalism may need saving. Revolution just isn't the cure. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. I cheered when Obama was chosen. My faith in the system restored. And I'll never forgive Ralph Nader for the race he stole from Al Gore. And I love hardworking Latinos as long as they don't move next door. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. Those people who joined the Tea Parties Disgrace America's name. Now I can't understand how their minds work. Fox News must have programmed their brains. But if you think you'll get single payer, you must be clinically insane. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. to all things considered I consider anyone's views I watch Bill Maher and Jon Stewart I use irony in everything I do but when time came to take out the Taliban there was no one more red, white, and blue so love me Party, they're strengthening NATO command. I saw Bono at the Live Aid concert. I buy everything he's endorsed with his brand. We're gonna make poverty history. I'm on Facebook taking a stand. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a Once I was young and impulsive, I wore every conceivable pin. A radical change to the system, I actually thought we might win. Ah, but I've grown older and wiser, and that's why I'm turning you in. So love me. Welcome to the Weekly Review. This is Roman. I'm pretty angry about most things right now. It's Friday, July 6th, 2018. Thank you so much for listening. We are broadcasting live at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. We're on Ohlone land. And 
wanting to provide a news program for folks out there who are also extremely angry and have been for some time, and rightfully so. We've been doing the program now since 2013, and it's not that things suddenly got bad in 2016. So for the folks who are now suddenly losing their shit, uh, welcome. Join the rest of us. There will maybe be some positive things in this show. There's a lot of folks taking action, which is really great. So I don't want to just automatically start off on a sad and angry note. However, that's how I'm feeling. So it's and it's hard to even begin to talk about. There's so much that's happening right now. It's difficult to even express it in words. And I recognize this is one tiny drop in the bucket. And at least we're discussing what's happening and also wanting to provide opportunities for folks to take action because there's we believe in diversity of tactics and there's a lot of different ways regardless of your circumstance regardless of where you're at ways that you can help push to to i don't know live on a planet that humans aren't destroying and where humans aren't destroying each other i think that's possible oh a lot of righteous anger and start off the show song called Police State by UK Subs, and then Phil Oak's song, which I hadn't heard before, What Are You Fighting For? And this is, of course, I mean, there's so much, there's, I think the thing that's so frustrating is recognizing how many people have been fighting for justice for centuries, and it's still like an ongoing thing. It's, we hear songs that were written decades ago, and we read from even centuries ago. It's like this ongoing battle. And because some folks are either complacent or fighting against it, that we continue to be where we are. And also, it's fucking exhausting. It's exhausting to exist in a world where a lot of folks don't want us to exist. And it seems like it's one thing after the other. There's the shit that the government and the state has been doing and has, you know, continues to do and has been doing. The people following orders, which is fucking disgusting. Oh, I should provide a trigger warning. Oops, I'm a little bit late on that. Some shows are a little bit, I mean, more lighthearted than others. And this one, I feel we're starting off and I'm just starting off super fucking angry. And if I wasn't angry, I don't, something, there'd be something wrong with me because that's just not how I am. It's difficult. I'm quiet and shy a lot of the time, and this provides me an opportunity to speak what I'm feeling. I don't post a lot online. I recognize I share news articles, and I also at the same time recognize Facebook is (laughs) pretty fucking evil, collecting data on us, banning people when they shouldn't be banned, not banning people when they should be banned, that kind of thing. So I don't really share as much as I would like. I do share news articles and provide perspectives that other that folks might not see otherwise so really wanting to highlight and give platforms to folks who whose voices deserve to be heard so i do that and i don't necessarily speak a lot of what my own when i am feeling personally however perhaps that can be conveyed in the articles and the news stories that i do share from a perspective and also again wanting to provide opportunities for folks to come through. There have been a lot of occupations set up outside ICE headquarters. There's one here in San Francisco at 630 Sansom, 444 Washington. Uh, 444 Washington is the actual address for folks to go. A lot of people have been out there. People have been bringing supplies. I recommend for folks to go out there if you're able. Come by, visit, stick around, bring resources if you can. I know a lot of folks have been bringing things. And bodies are always needed uh, to, to come in and to share the space and to, to create the space. 
there I was watching some videos that folks were occupying like Atlanta and in Philadelphia and many other cities. And in Philadelphia, there's a video of the fucking, I'm going to breathe. Believe it or not, I actually meditated this morning. You wouldn't know. I had a nice bike ride. I meditated, uh, a little exercised a little bit. I had a good breakfast. Well, it was an okay breakfast. Uh, You know, I I came in, uh, I did my best. Maybe not my best. I did an okay job of trying to center myself and calm myself this morning, yet things are so fucking disastrous and unjust that it's almost, it's, you you might not know it from my voice. However, I'm doing my, I am definitely working on remaining calm and it's difficult to remain calm because there's nothing to remain calm about. The police continue to be violent. The state continues to be violent. And this has been going on since before any of us got here. And now I think it's more overt. And it's more publicized. And more people are speaking up about it. However, mass incarceration. It didn't just fucking start all of a sudden. Kids being locked up didn't just start all of a sudden. And that's what makes me so fucking angry. Oh, goodness. The last song I played was one of the covers. There's a lot of covers out there of Love Me, I'm a Liberal. The original version is by Phil Oaks, and I know he's a problematic, as we're all problematic in our own ways. And there, also the original version had some language and things thing, eh, about it. The, the point behind it, though, is just how folks who are in the center tend to end up causing more harm than good. And that's been the case, and it still is the case. There's still folks out there saying, oh, you're pushing too far to actually create a sustainable world or create a world where everyone's treated fairly. And that's, I mean, I find that to be so fucking, it's so, I've, people have made the point that centrists and, and liberals kind of end up being bodyguards for fascists because they say, oh, they, they kind of equate the idea that the two sides are equal when one side wants to fucking kill us and has been killing us and locking us up. And I know I use us broadly. <sighs> These folks have been in in power for a long time, and by not combating them, not speaking out against them, it just continues to happen, and now it's elevated and it's escalated. 41 Democrats in 2002 voted for to create the Department of Homeland Security, which was then turned into ICE. ICE is not even that old as an as an institution, and Democrats helped make it happen. So when folks say, "Oh, all we need is," Democrats, it's like, uh, which, which ones are you fucking talking about? If they all were like Maxine Waters, I would say yes, definitely. However, we've got Nancy Pelosi, we've got Chuck Schumer, we've got these fucks who don't fucking care. Oh, I've said it before, and I'll, I would love to have a really fucking happy show that lifts people up, and maybe this does provide something positive in some regard, and that it's an expression of anger and truth of how a lot of us feel. I know my point is not to bring people down. Well, maybe in some ways it is. I guess it depends on the, but the folks who I'm probably, they're probably not the ones listening to this. Anyway, for this, for the song, love me, I'm a liberal. That's, that's exactly what it is. It's the folks in the, in the center who refuse to take a side and in doing so end up do taking a side.
and also of course we look back on history and the folks who have done everything they can to make progress and to make things better at the time were not looked upon favorably by many people and then people look back oh well they were so great and at the time a lot of folks were like oh it makes me uncomfortable would you rather be made uncomfortable by police violence or by people fighting back against that at this point there's not really any uh, in between oh so i was getting back to my point my point's about uh, philadelphia in philadelphia there's a video folks were occupying outside ice headquarters it was all peaceful they had tents it was yeah, also within portland too. yeah lots of folks occupying outside ice headquarters and, and there's a video in philadelphia recently and they show cops on bikes which give bikes a bad name and just dismantling the camp pushing people around destroying things taking tents just like fucking being for no reason there's no fucking valid reason for that at all, but just for them to exert their supposed dominance, the idea that they're going there to threaten people, and it's just fucking disgusting. Oh, but there is a positive segue to all of this. I mean, uh, there is. Folks are still continuing to, to protest and to show up. And also, there was a really... I don't know how to describe it exactly when it's something that's, it's like a visual documentation, a document that was shared recently that I wanted to share with folks. And again, it's calling for an alternative to policing that many people have been calling for forever. The police protect the wealthy. They protect property. They don't really protect the people. They cause harm. More, more forks, more, more forks. I'm talking about forks already. More folks I know have been, uh, traumatized by police than have been helped by police that's i know it's not the experience for everyone for a lot of us that's what our experience is they're not here to help us if they would uh why would they be defending and helping and collaborating with ice which in itself is a law enforcement agency also want to put it out there it's a job you can always you can always quit you can always walk away you can always say i refuse to do this so if any listeners out there know anyone who works for any of these agencies that are causing harm, remind them of that. They can walk away. They can say no. Perhaps in the 80s, when I grew up, there was a lot, there was so much propaganda. I guess there's always propaganda. In the 80s in particular, there was a lot of like, just say no to drugs propaganda. And perhaps there should have been just say no to, you know, being in in law enforcement. Maybe that could have been a, a just say no campaign. Or just say no to following orders that harm people. That's more specific. How about that one instead? Just say no to harming people. Okay. So here... And it's... I feel like so much of this ridiculous conditioning because part of me wants to fucking apologize for being angry even though I shouldn't apologize for being angry. And how fucked up is that? And perhaps it's growing up in a culture that expre- that tells us we shouldn't tell the truth or we, sh- we should pretend everything's okay. We shouldn't speak up. We shouldn't be uncomfortable or make other folks uncomfortable with our discomfort. And perhaps that's why we're, we're at where we are today. And I'll throw myself in that too, where it's the, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to push any buttons. I don't want to cause any trouble. And by not causing trouble, we've allowed this to happen. And there's a lot of folks who've been speaking out for such a long time, and that's what's so fucking frustrating. People have been speaking out, and then 
folks are gaslit and they're not believed and now here we are and folks still want to blame progressives for for the situation i don't know how i don't know how it's it's our fault but apparently the folks who only think that the only thing that can change things is voting yet refuse to take part in any direct actions for instance diversity of tactics and i also recognize that not everyone can part partake in actions this is more for the folks who are who are able-bodied and who can and think that just voting for democrats enough well voting for democrats is why you know what have they done what have they done for us lately okay something positive i said i'd have something positive so here are some ideas the system that's work that's not it's not really working. The system is harmful. Well, I guess it's working as it is because it's oppressing people and people are dying. It's falling apart, and in the meantime, as it falls apart, we need to create the world we want to live in. So while it's falling apart, equal measure should be spent on creating the world we want to live in. And oftentimes, when folks talk about abolishing police, they think, "Well, who's going to protect us?" I don't know who. I don't know police. Anyway, who's going to protect us? So here are a lot of suggestions about public safety and about people looking out for each other and not relying on a militarized force. Another thing is that they're super militarized. They become more and more militarized as the years have gone on. There was a study that was released. And again, there's so many studies that come out that already reveal what we know and just the harm of state violence and police violence that it does to communities. And it's also a shame that we've gotten to the point where we need study. We don't need that st- studies have to be done in order to to reinforce people's truths and people's narratives and what people have been saying. Oh, but the okay, I'll get onto something positive. So here are some situations where folks might call the police, and here are other options that we can do. Your friends are intoxicated and fighting, but you didn't. But you don't want them to get in trouble. Imagine you call 311 and a crisis intervention team comes to your door. One hour later, your friends are sleeping it off at home. Isn't that public safety? Another situation. You're experiencing a mental health crisis and afraid. Imagine you call 311 and a first responder trained in mental health comes to your door. One hour later, you're in a safe place with your consent with plans for follow-up care. Isn't that public safety? Next. You don't realize, but your brake lights aren't working. Imagine. A city employee signals for you to pull over and says, Hey, how about I replace those lights for you right here so no one gets hurt? An hour later, both lights work and you're at home. Isn't that public safety? Next up. Some folks are sleeping on benches in the park. Imagine, a city employee comes by and checks in to see if they need a place to sleep, food, water, or health care. An hour later, those who want a different place to sleep have one. Isn't that public safety? Next, a lot of situations here. Someone is talking to themselves on the bus. Imagine, they ride the bus without being bothered. An hour later, they are at their destination and going on with their day. Isn't that public safety? Next, also... Someone seems to be snooping in car windows on your block. Imagine calling your neighbors who are trained in self-defense and de-escalation and approaching the person. 
An hour later, the conflict is resolved and the person responsible is getting the support they need. Isn't that public safety? Another situation. You're experiencing intimate partner violence. Imagine texting a number and a trauma-informed crisis intervention specialist meets you in a safe space, in a safe place. An hour later, you are working together to make a plan that will keep you safe long-term. Isn't that public safety? Another situation. Someone is behaving erratically and in harm's way. Imagine texting a number and an unarmed urgent responder trained in behavioral and mental health comes within five minutes. An hour later, that person is safe and getting the support they need. Isn't that public safety? Here's another one. Someone is selling drugs to youth who are overdosing. Imagine being connected to a substance use service that intervenes in harmful drug transactions. Youth are supported in healthy outcomes and the seller takes accountability for harm. Isn't that public safety? Next, interesting. Incidents of gun violence are rising in the neighborhood. Imagine a trauma-informed crisis intervention team works with community activists to disarm and de-escalate conflicts. People doing harm are connected to services that address the underlying problem. Isn't that public safety? So these were some posts I'm going to share again on the Weekly Review Facebook page that you can find at facebook.com forward slash weekly rev. And again, these are just several instances when someone would might be told or might assume they should call the cops. Yet, if we have other people in place, that would be unnecessary. We don't need militarized people. We need de-escalation, not escalation. So that's something that's on the positive end of things. Oh, goodness. I'm already feeling pretty exhausted, which is... I mean, I just feel exhausted. Just there's just so much. And I think perhaps it's time for another music break. I'm going to get some more stories together. And again, it's I'm just feeling feeling pretty rotten to be honest, and I know I'm not alone in that. So I want to be honest about that. And perhaps if there was more room for folks to be vulnerable with their feelings out there, again, we wouldn't be in this place. So huh, I'm going to find some music. And Just breathe some heavy sighs because I'm kind of at a loss at the moment. Find some more music for everybody. And yeah, again, uh, wish we had more positive things to share at the moment.
I feel a lot better. How about you? That was Gloss with the album Trans Day of Revenge, and perhaps that should be every day. Please support the band. You can go to totalnegativity.storeenvy, and that's S-T-O-R-E-N-V-Y dot com, or nervousnelly.storeenvy, S-T-O-R-E-N-V-Y dot com. You can also find their music on YouTube as well. We do have a call. And first off, I was just going to talk a little bit uh, about just trans stuff, because that's I don't talk about it nearly enough, and it's fucking frustrating at hell, as hell. And I don't feel like really yelling at whoever's on the phone, even though I'm sure they're calling in with something positive. Perhaps it's feeling pretty angry and needing to get that out there. There And it, a lot of it kind of seems so minor, given that there's so much fucking horrible things happening, and at the same time, the fucking... It, like all these, like the little things seem to add up. And as far as like just transphobia goes, so there's one little, it's maybe not a little, I guess it's, it's like an added, it's an added thing. So there's a movie about a, tr- a trans man that's coming out and the language that's been used to describe this person's life has been deeply problematic and wrong. And also this person, they're, they've gone ahead to cast a, a cis woman as the role, which is also really fucked up. And many, many people have been outraged about this and have spoken up about it. And instead of saying, oh, well, first of all, you should just fucking know better and not do it. However, you know, even we're so, oh, it's like we try to try to give people the benefit of the doubt, like, oh, maybe they don't know. And then even after they're told directly that this is harmful to people, they still say they make excuses. They say, oh, well, people have been doing this for a long time, so it's not that big of a deal. It fucking is. I have so much fucking rage, and as someone who's, I'm, a, I'm also an actor, I'm trans, and even that this role is not something a role I'd even be right for, there are so many trans actors who would be right for this role, and who would be great for this role. There's even casting agents, like there's a, a talent agency that's specifically run by and for trans actors. So, it's not like, it, it just, it's, it's like banging your head against a wall. And it's it, the language and like the and just the fucking cis people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about trying to argue with people, trying to fucking argue with us and as if they somehow know what our experience is like. And oh, oh, you're telling us to calm down about it. They have no fucking idea. It's it's so. And I get that we're all humans and we make mistakes and growing up in this culture, we're all brainwashed by the media, by politicians and certain schools and certain religious environments and certain family dynamics. There is a lot that kind of conveys like the wrong thing to us or misguides us and tells us the wrong thing. And I get that it's difficult to unlearn a lot of these behaviors and these problematic beliefs. If people continually tell you something and say, hey, what you're doing is harmful, don't you think maybe you should fucking listen to that? We all can do better, and it's just when folks don't even try, especially folks in privileged positions. That's the thing. (sighs) So fucking angry. There is a video that I'm going to play right now. That was interviews with uh, trans actors and non-binary actors, 
and BuzzFeed put it out, and so I wanted to share that. I, I, I it's it's interesting because I think about how I would be if I were interviewed about something like this, and I get so fucking angry that, and I don't have any qualms about my anger. It's just, it's really difficult, and that also goes back to the whole stupid discussion about being civil when folks are being killed. I don't know how you're supposed to be civil when folks are being killed and being lock, locked up and children are separated. How, I it doesn't, like, that, that, that no. That's, that's long gone. And I get that there's a lot of collective anger and frustration and rage, and I get that now it's about putting that into action. What do, what do we do with that? How do we best use our voices, our bodies, our resources, our energy? How do we use our wrath, our rightful fucking wrath, to change the systems that are in place? How do we get people to stop following orders? How do we create the world that we're supposed to be living in right now? How do we hold these leaders accountable? That's the thing, too, is going back, war criminals just fucking walked away. Karl Rove, Dick Cheney, all these fuckers were still out there. They were never held accountable. So what kind of precedent does that, does that send, does that set for everybody? Meanwhile, folks, nonviolent offenders are fucking locked up. Children are fucking locked up. Yet adults who cause harm, who cause violence, and ask others to also cause violence, they're out there fucking just walking around. That's why a lot of us don't really believe in this fucking quote-unquote justice system. When you have war profiteers out there, when you have police out there killing people and not being held accountable. And they want us to be fucking civil about it. Oh, man. Oh, okay. It's kind of a miracle that people have been as restrained as we have been. People should be fucking lucky. The people in positions of power who are causing harm should be lucky that the very least that happens is that they get asked to not eat at a restaurant or are publicly shamed. That's nothing compared to what so many people go through on a fucking daily basis. Okay. Perhaps I should rename the show The Rage, The Two Hours of Rage, because that's, that's what it's evolving into. Moving along, I do want to play this video. And this is from actors. I'm going to play this. I'm going to answer the phone now. And we'll be back in a bit. There's the conversation about women getting paid the same as men, but then there's the conversation of trans people just getting hired in general. My name is Maybe Burke. Hi, I'm Jordan Ho. Hi, my name is Kit Yan. I'm Samuel Nouri. For a 
lot of trans people in the community that I know, it's a bit of a, a take what you can get. Equal pay for TGNC non-binary actors is like, that's not even on people's radars. I think it's very important that women are paid at the same level that men are being paid. The conversation is very important, but the conversation is also very binary and very cis-centered of women getting paid the same as men, where I don't really know how I would fit into that conversation. Maybe we don't like the role, maybe it doesn't pay as well as it should. Um, but if that role comes along, we've got to pay the bills. I feel, I feel very uncomfortable negotiating my own salary. But my fear is, well, if I find out that I'm not getting paid enough, and I know I'm not getting paid enough, and I say something about it, maybe I'll never work again. And I, I don't want that to happen. When you add being a person of color um, to, to that entertainment landscape, there are even fewer opportunities and fewer resources. I'm a trans man, I am Lebanese, I'm Puerto Rican. I know that as a white person, I'm more likely to be called in for certain roles because I'm palatably trans for a lot of people. And I've been told by casting before that I am too much of a niche. That is a way too specific for anyone to identify with. But I also am aware that as a person who doesn't pass or exist on the binary of gender, that hinders me from getting called in for certain roles. So before I even walk in the room, they've got my resume. And as I'm walking in the room, I hear one guy kind of lean over to another guy at the table and whisper, this person, this person is a transgender? Well, what kind of transgender? Is he, she, what I have been asked to get a closer shave when I come in for my callback. I've been asked if my name is my birth name. And they're kind of like whispering about my pronouns and like, oh, does he, he look transgender? I couldn't tell that they were transgender. And already I'm freaking out. I've been asked when I decided to be trans, which is also just not how you say that. Um, it's not a decision. I have to wonder, have they ever actually met a trans person? You know, or do they do they know who they're looking for? Yeah. I am somehow optimistic. You know, as much work as I think there needs to be done, I am pretty optimistic. Am I optimistic? Absolutely. And the reason is because our communities of TGNC and non-binary folks of color are out there telling our stories already on our own terms. If you want to have trans roles and trans narratives, you need to have trans directors and staff writers who understand our experience because they've lived through it. We'll tell our own stories. People will see the richness in our stories and invest in our stories. It's not easy, but I really want trans kids to ride that wave and see that someday when they get to be even, you know, 30 like me, that they'll have more than I did. And that'll be great. Um, I think if one day I get eclipsed by younger trans kids, I'll be like, cool, because I really wish that I was you when you were younger. Okay, so there's some... <sighs> yes. <sighs> I appreciate the folks in that video for for sharing for sharing their words, and you can find that. We posted it on our Facebook page. Now it's also, it's never a great time to ask for donations. However, that's what we thrive on and exist on. So if you would like to donate to the station itself, please do so. We have a our summer fundraiser and we're really, the station's a collectively run. We have a station director and it's also collectively run. 
by folks here with our shows. It used to be known as Pirate Cat, now it's Mutiny Radio. And if you would like to donate at all, any little bit is greatly appreciated. You can go to mutinyradio.fm for our GoFundMe. Also, if you're interested in having a show here, that's also super helpful. The more voices we have here, the better. It's about 100 bucks a month. You get to get two hours a week to do any kind of programming you'd like. We have all the equipment here. And we'd love to have you join us and for you to be able to provide your voice your voices, any kind of program you'd like here at the station, so you can contact Pam if you go to mutinyradio.fm for that information. We also have the spot, if you're not for doing a weekly show, we have the station available for rentals. So we've got bands who play here, we've got comedy shows, spoken word, poetry, anything you'd like that can fit in our, our nice little space here, you're welcome to do that. We have the space available for rentals, which is super, I know rent is theft, and at the same time, until capitalism falls, that's how we operate here. In the meantime, we want to share the space with people and would love people to be here and to make use of the space. And so if you would like to, please do contact us at mutinyradio.fm. Saturday nights, we have openings. So please rent the space. Bring your friends. Um, you can make some money at the door. Uh, you've got a live feed as well as a recorded MP3. You, you'll have a re- you'll have a recording of your show. You get folks in the space. It's really cool. Totally like it. Uh, unisex bathroom what more could you ask for so please do check that out if for some reason i shouldn't say for some reason it's why is it easy for me to talk poorly about myself when there are so many other people out there who are we should be doing that for this show uh been doing now for four and a half years and do it because i feel it needs to be done it's important to provide a an alternative to the narrative put forward by the state by you know state nonsense blah law enforcement you get it mainstream media corporate it's this is kind of the opposite of that this is very much wanting to share what's actually happening with the giving people the voice of what's happening and coming from a perspective that is not often championed in or at all in mainstream media so on many of the shows we're able to talk with activists and community organizers and artists and wanting to share work for folks and give them exposure and a platform and I, I feel it's necessary. It's super necessary. And if we're able to do that, we need to do more of that. So I do this out of the kindness of my heart <laughs> and the rage in my heart and the need to, to say something. And I recognize that it, again, it, to me, it often feels very small and very minimal because there's so much more that can be out there and can be done. And at the same time, also wanting to provide a voice to recognize what's happening, to witness what's happening, to share what's happening for folks who might not know or might not. There's also just so many things that are happening all at the same time. And there's no way to completely cover all of it. The very least is to say, yes, we exist. This is what's happening. So uh, thankfully we have, we do have quite a few folks who help fund the show. You can donate at patreon.com forward slash weekly rev. I've been meaning to make a new video for months, probably like six months now. And uh, just, uh, you know what we lack in, oh, I should say myself, what I lack in production value, make up foreign content, I like to think. So uh, maybe it's also just like a block where I guess some of us artists and creative types sometimes, for me anyway, there's like a block where... I have ideas for things I want to do and say and create. And for some reason, 
I there's something in the middle between me thinking about it and actually going out and doing it. And so I think what I produce is maybe it's three quarters or some of the way there. It's, it's something. And it's not quite the level I would like it to be. However, it's what I'm able to do. And if you support that and would like to, I'm grateful for any kind of financial contribution. I recognize so many folks are, it's, it's a struggle for so many people. If you happen to have disposable income, even a dollar a month seriously means the world to me. A dollar a month or more, if you go to patreon.com forward slash weekly rev, a hundred bucks goes directly to the station itself to rent the space and to use the equipment and other things above that. I go to support other news outlets and organizations and individuals. And so anything is really super, super much appreciated. A dollar a month, share it, share the podcast. Um, really want to provide just create something i used to do a lot of theater and every now and then i run into someone i haven't seen in a while and they ask me if i'm doing any theater and i kind of haven't been doing it for a while for a number of reasons a lot of it i stopped doing certain things because i got part of it was like the there's too many not too many i mean it's great that there are actions and it's necessary for there to be actions and unfortunately one can't always be in two places at once and i chose to do to attend more more rallies than to go to shows or rehearsals or things like that. I felt that's where my energy was at the time. And it's also sometimes hard to shut off that for me anyway, to shut off. Not that I want to shut off my anger because I do feel like it is righteous. It's difficult to be in certain spaces and I'd rather be authentic to how I feel than have to somehow limit limit myself to conform to be in a certain environment and perhaps that's why i don't do a lot of theater anymore or stand up and i get that stand up's a good place for to be heard and seen and at the same time there's a lot of things i was hearing and seeing i just didn't want to be around and in a way i did it for my just to protect myself we don't need anyone to uphold the status quo we don't need anyone to defend the state or to defend the violence that's committed against so many people and has been I'm not here to listen to anyone punch down. I'm not here for that. So it's been interesting to see where I can, what environments I can be in. Speaking of environments to be in, here's a segue for you. Uh, on the show, I do like to, I know it gets super, for me, it feels sometimes insurmountable. Like this, oh, there's, there's so many things that are wrong right now and it's what to do. And there are so many ways that folks can take action, regardless of, again, regardless of your circumstance, what's going on with you. There are so many ways just to be a counter to that. And a lot of that in the very, even at the very, just even fucking existing and staying alive in this climate, that in itself is resistance, especially for all the, the trans folks out there listening. That in itself, existing in a world that doesn't want us to exist and will do what they can to erase us. That in itself is creating the world that we want to live in. Mm. For folks who, this is a Bay Area based show, I guess, so I'll be talking about a few local actions that folks can 
participate in it. Again, I know that's not for everyone. Perhaps you know someone who is interested. So if you hear about it and you can't go, perhaps you know someone who can, you know, spread the word. It takes 3.5% of the population to topple a dictator. We got the numbers. We just have to organize. So tomorrow from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. at the West County Detention Facility, facility, there's a monthly vigil that's hosted by the Interfaith Movement for Human Integrity. And there's been a lot of... There's been a lot of protests happening and actions happening, and there was a great turnout on this past Saturday at the detention center in Richmond. There were also, uh, apparently there were, thousands, there were thousands of folks there. There were thousands of folks in San Francisco. There are actions all over the country. So people are coming out and that's a positive thing. So there continue to be actions that are happening. So if you're able to tomorrow at come to the West County Detention Facility, and that's at 5555 Giant Highway in Richmond, and that's from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. That's just one of the many actions that are happening there's gonna be a meditation there from 9 30 a.m to 10 30 a.m one of the many 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 because i don't want to neglect to mention how many folks are organizing and are coming out and are sharing the resources and i really want to remember that so i don't feel hopeless people are taking action Thousands of people were in San Diego taking action there this past weekend as well. People putting their bodies on the line. People were getting arrested in in Philadelphia and going back to putting their bodies on the line. People getting arrested in Portland. People are people are doing this. So that's one of the very many. And I think following Resistance SF is one of the organizations that posts events. Also, go to the Occupy ICE camp that's set up. 444 Washington Street in San Francisco. You can check that out. Odds are, if you're listening and you're in the United States, there's something happening in a town not too far from you. And if there's not at one of the detention facilities, then start one up. Another way you can... There's a lot of battles being fought, again, a lot for the same thing. It's against the state, which is having its way with the people and the land and so there's a lot okay gonna keep going there's a, a water protector who has shut down a key bayou bridge pipeline work site and police responded by arresting all the support people including media so uh today they're saying urgent support is needed now i'm gonna read this and i'm gonna share it as well i believe i've already shared it but i'm gonna share it again just in case so if you're listening um and a visual a visual <laughs> document is easier for you then you can share this as well with folks there's are ways many ways for folks to help out and taking the mic out of the stand this morning mark tilson in Aglala Lakota water protector locked down to a critical construction site for the Bayou Bridge pipeline in southern Louisiana. They have a photo. Uh, all construction was shut down. When police arrived on the scene, they arrested all support people at the site, including those across the street from the action. Those arrested include direct support people, media, Sherry Foytlin, 
A total of seven people have been arrested. We need your help right now to support Mark and to support those who have already been arrested. Call the Iberville Parish Sheriff Department and demand the release of those arrested. 225-687-5100. Please donate so that we can get folks out of jail. And they have a YouCaring site, YouCaring.com. That's also shared on this document as well. We also ask that you join in solidarity with those on the front lines and take part in the hashtag rise together weeks of action. And it's www.nobayoubridge.global slash rise together. The Bayou Bridge pipeline would connect to the Dakota Access Pipeline system to bring oil from North Dakota to export terminals in Louisiana. The pipeline would cut through Atchafalaya Basin and St. James, a community of color already inundated with toxic fuel infrastructure. A court ruled that energy transfer partners must stop work near St. James and provide the community with an evacuation route. But ETP has ignored the court order and is continuing construction. And they have a live stream of the action. And the hashtag is hashtag stop ETP. So again, please share this. Please call up um, anyone. Please. (sighs) We all know that the pipelines, it's not a matter of if they'll leak, but when. That, among with so, so many other, so many other problems with it. But please do support the folks who are putting their bodies on the line. And something else that's, po- well, something else I do want to say that is positive is that from the Chicago DSA tweeted, they canceled the deportation flights today. Let's continue to fight and end them permanently. Hashtag stop Gary deportations. Hashtag abolish ICE. So direct actions are working. Please do support the folks who are doing that. <sighs> Lots of direct actions taking place. Okay. I am going to get to an article. Oh, one more thing. Well, there's a lot more things. I, again, I, I often say this show could be going on for 24 hours a day, which would be exhausting, and I'd lose my voice very shortly. And we still wouldn't get to all the different actions that people can take. So again, pushing myself to remain positive, or at least optimistic in that there are a lot of ways to fight back against what's happening. And regardless of you know your situation, where you're at, your resources, there's something that everyone can do. Another thing folks can do, tell departments to public of education, stop regulation 225. And this comes from the National Center for Transgender Equality. And I believe I've posted this also on the Facebook webpage, facebook.com forward slash weekly rev. It's a form letter. All you do is read it and sign it and it gets sent off. I'm going to read it for folks here so you know what it's about. The Delaware government is considering a dangerous school policy known as Regulation 225. It was initially intended to support trans youth, but after pressure from anti-trans groups, the Department of Education rewrote it. And now Regulation 225 could make it harder than ever for trans kids to get the support they need. The rewritten proposal sends the dangerous message that it's okay for schools to discriminate against trans youth. In many cases, it even makes it impossible for teachers to support and protect their trans students. The state is taking comments from the general public on this policy until July 6th, which is today, folks, whether or not you live in Delaware. So everyone, please, (laughs) you can, but don't have to, add a personal story to the comment, especially if you are a trans student 
or the loved one of a trans student. If you do, please keep in mind that your comments may be made public, so you should not include any confidential information. I've already shared this. However, I'm, I'm going to share it again. Let me get back to the specific page here so we can do that and share that for you all. And I'm also feeling like playing some more uh, punk music. So, um, and I've already shared this on Twitter. I'm going to share it now again on the weekly review webpage. And wanting to provide folks an opportunity to share this. So again, right now, if you go to Facebook, <laughs> ah, dot com forward slash weekly rev, um, it'll be popping up momentarily. Multitasking here, talking to the microphone, posting the story should be popping up momentarily there we go so please do share that and follow us like us on facebook facebook.com forward slash weekly rev we post a lot of news articles as well as actions that folks can take i do have a little bit of energy left it's only 109 p.m here and i'm ready to call it a day it's been that kind of morning that's what happens when we acknowledge what's happening in the world another Another way to folks can take action is to also follow the money. Uh, there are folks who benefit from private prisons and they're assholes and they need to die. Okay. Sorry. that. Well, no, I'm not really sorry. It's just yeah, they can stop doing what they're doing. That's a more progressive, maybe, I don't know. They, they should stop what they're doing. But we can find out who they are and we can make them stop. Which politicians are taking money from immigrant detention profiteers by Kevin Connor and Derek Seidman. And this came out July 5th, and it's on littlesys.org. I haven't seen this site before. However, here's an organization or a site that has some information. And again, a lot of it is, you know, follow the money, finding who's profiting from this, finding the, the companies, who owns these companies, who works for these companies. Uh, make, make them stop it. Go directly to the source, because if folks wouldn't profit from private prisons, they wouldn't be here in the first place. Following the shift from family separation to indefinite family detention, 45's cruel immigration policies are continuing to come under significant pressure in the streets, in the media, and in the courts. Additionally, there is escalating protests of the private profiteers behind the immigrant detention apparatus and the corporations that prop them up. In a recent article, we highlighted some of these profiteers, including the ICE contractors profiting directly from family separation and imprisonment, such as CoreCivic, GEO Group, and MVM, and the banks such as Wells Fargo and SunTrust that provide critical financing to the industry. This article takes a closer look at another key source of support for immigrant detention profiteers, elected officials who take money from them and in turn influence the public policies and outlays that they depend on. As politicians are forced to pick sides in the broader debate about immigrant Immigrant detention, their relationships with immigrant detention profiteers should also come under public scrutiny and pressure. There are many ways to follow the money from profiteers to politicians. Research can focus on federal, state, or local electeds, or on the profiteer side, on private prison companies, other ICE contractors ranging from MVM to Microsoft. Oh, 
also remind me. I mean, I don't know how, but yeah, you can call in. Call into the show, 415-550-0511. Remind me to also talk about lots of employees at Microsoft are asking Microsoft to not engage in this nonsense. ICE landlords, oh gosh, I, I, you'd think I couldn't hate two words. Like I hate them both separately and then together it's even worse. ICE landlords, ugh, gross. I need to like, bleh, gross, ugh, ugh. Okay. Or even the banks financing these companies. This article just identifies some notable examples from campaign finance data. In a webinar next week, we will introduce some methods and tools to help people do this research. You can sign up to join the webinar here and they have a link. Many of the elected officials who take money from immigrant detention profiteers are ruthless right-wing ideologues who are full-throated in their support of immigrant detention and of the private prison industry as well. Others are more liberal or tolerant in their positions on immigration, but still cash checks from the industry. Some in the latter set, mostly Democrats, can likely be pressured to return or no longer accept money from at least some immigrant detention profiteers, while those in the first set are much less likely to turn their backs on the industry, their relationships with the profit engines benefiting from their racist and xenophobic positions deserve public scrutiny and tell an important story about the nature of our economy and politics. Last week, I usually don't bark when I read the news. It's one of these... One of those special shows, everybody. You remember back in the day, it's like on a very special blossom, on a very special weekly review. Roman just, I just get, I start barking because I'm so, ah! <sighs> Last week, in a piece for, this is why I don't think I could be on NPR. First of all, I would just insert curse words into most of the things I would have to read, and then I'd also probably take a side. Uh, and I'd probably say some things that would get me fired. That's why we do this show. Okay, last week in a piece for the Young Turks, Alex Koch uh, focused on a major piece of this puzzle. Democratic elected officials on the federal level who oppose family detention, but take significant sums from GEO Group and CoreCivic. The piece noted that Republicans raise more money from the industry, but that Democrats and their PACs still have have still taken significant sums including $52,750 in direct contributions this cycle with a $10,000 contribution from the GEO group pack to the DCCC the industry also relies heavily on lobbyists with deep democratic party ties i hate democrats so much <sighs> at least if you're going if you're going to go against the people at least fucking admit it this piece notes that four lobbyists for the GEO Group and CoreCivic have bundled $350,000 in this cycle alone. For example, Henry Kular, a member of Congress who represents Texas, Texas's 28th district, which includes Laredo and other border towns, is a top Democratic recipient of private prison money. <sighs> While Quilar says he opposes Trump's family separation policy, the Monitor reports he has accepted $32,400 from GEO Group this election cycle, and GEO, excuse me, CEO George Zoli has personally given Kular $13,800 since 2001. Kular has, a, has taken a total of $44,690 from GEO's PAC since 2009. Quillar has also accepted $8,000 from the pack of CoreCivic, another major private prison profiteer since 2012. 
Looking beyond private prison companies to family separation and detention profiteers, former Clinton running mate Tim Kaine... I get even reading his name. I get so fucking angry. Okay. Currently a democratic Senator from Virginia has received significant sums from MVM Inc. One of the companies that has been identified by multiple sources as a major ice contractor with tens of millions of dollars in federal contracts to transport unaccompanied children. So I'm going to take a moment away from this article. And when the folks out there who get really angry, who somehow blame third-party voters. Third-party voters aren't the ones who fucking, I don't know, voted to make ICE a thing in the first place. We're not the ones who have fucking running mates who are receiving sums from the companies that are ICE contractors. It's sometimes it's like screaming into the just screaming and no one's listening. No one's listening. People weren't listening before the election. The election happened. And instead of recognizing how fucked the system is, people still blame the folks wishing to make things different. That's why we're at where we're at too. If you stop being a bodyguard for the fascists, if you stop fucking doing business with them, maybe then things might change. Again, it goes back to the idea of punching down. Folks in the center who are wanting to distance themselves or blame or tell folks on the further on the left to to quiet down. You're punching down. That's what you're doing. Folks with less power and privilege than you. That's what you're doing. Okay. I don't know if they listen. I don't, I'm, I don't know. Are there centrists who listen to this show? We don't know. Consider it though. Consider that the fucking Democrats are also part of the reason that we're at where we're at right now. And simply because we don't like the Democrats doesn't mean we like the fucking administration that's in right now. We're human. We have the ability to think critically. There's also the ability to despise most folks in positions of power. We can do that. There's room for that. A lot of us don't believe in the binary. There's not just two fucking choices here in terms of parties to... If both parties are complicit in this... Okay, moving along. It'll be interesting to go back and listen to. A lot of this is very much stream of consciousness. I don't write a script before I go on the air. So I want to speak from the heart, and I realize a lot of it it might not land. I might look back on this even later today and be like, ooh, why did I say that? Or that didn't come out the way I wanted it to. And at the same time, it's really difficult to find the language to adequately express the fucking rage that's happening. And if folks want to get involved, please, one thing you can do, stop telling centrists and liberals to stop fucking blaming us for being in the situation that we're in. 
because your fucking running mate is complicit. Okay. Oh, I get so angry. I get so fucking angry. I get so fucking angry. I get so angry. So angry. Ugh. Okay. Moving along with this article. <laughs> anger is an energy. I'll remember that. Anger is an energy. What are we going to use it for? Moving along. MVM co-founder and longtime CEO Dario Marquez has donated at least $46,340 to Kane. From 2011 to 2017, Kevin Marquez, MVM's current CEO, and Dario son, Dario left the position in 2015 but remains chairman, gave $4,972 to Kane in 2012 and in 2016, while Wendy Thompson Marquez, Dario's wife, has given $8,500 to Kane. All told, Kane has received at least $59,812 from interest tied to MVM. MVM's donations also go beyond Kane to the whole Virginia Democratic establishment. Data collected by the Virginia Public Access Project shows that Dario Marquez has given a total of $322,500 to Virginia politicians and PACs, most of it to Democrats. One big recipient of Marquez's money was Win Virginia, a Democratic PAC established to win back the Virginia State House in 2017. Marquez gave $120,000 and sits on the Win Virginia board alongside his wife, who has also given tens of thousands to Democratic groups and politicians. If you have that much fucking money, how about give it to the people? That's the thing. <sighs> Elsewhere on the state level, Look at gubernatorial, gubernatorial, excuse me, braces show how private prisons have cultivated relationships with both Republican and Democratic candidates, including hardline right-wingers and those trying to stake out a more pro-immigrant position on the issue of family separation. In California, Okay. In California, Democratic nominee Gavin Newsom accepted $5,000 from CoreCivic in 2017 and had previously accepted $7,000 as a candidate for lieutenant governor. Newsom was a featured speaker at a Families Belong Together rally in Los Angeles this past weekend. CoreCivic also contributed $20,000 each to the state's Democratic and Republican Party committees, as well as failed Democratic gubernatorial candidates Antonio... Uh, VR Ragosa and John Chang in Georgia. And also that also might have to, okay, can move on. In Georgia, the state democratic party accepted 51, excuse me, accepted $1,000 from core civic in 2018. Let's go into their candidate backing their t- candidate, Stacey Abrams. I'm going to move along. Cause I'm, I think folks get the point here that the system is what's fucking corrupt. Uh, New Hampshire Republican Governor Chris Sununu, who is running for re-election, took money from CoreCivic as well. Uh, More hardline anti-immigrant Republican candidates also taken private prison money, including Casey Cagle in Georgia. Additionally, while some Democratic gubernatorial candidates have pledged not to take private prison contributions due to pressure from groups like Dream Defenders, the Democratic Governors Association, DGA, a 527 that can accept unlimited contributions from corporate donors and in turn spends or launders that money in support of Democratic gubernatorial candidates has still accepted $135,000 from CoreCivic and 
$15,000 from GEO Group since 2017. Uh, the industry has been more generous with the Republican equivalent of the DGA and the Republican Governors Association, which has received $275,000 from GEO Group and $297,000 from CoreCivic since 2017. This is not an exhaustive account of the politicians taking money from private prison companies and other immigrant detention profiteers. Such a project is beyond the scope of one article. However, activists and researchers around the country can find which of their elected officials are on the take using free, publicly accessible databases. Next week, PAI will be hosting a webinar introducing the tool to do that research, and they have a link where you can join. I am going to share this now on Facebook and as well as Twitter, getting the word out. Um... Oh, I'm so angry. Oh, so, so, so angry. So angry. So angry. And again, it's really like, this is why a lot of us were recognizing that things were going to be shitty even before the 2016 election happened. Okay. I think now it's super time, super, super time for a music break. It's 124. Again, we'll take calls. 415-550-0511. Please do let us know what's going on for you. Anything you'd like to contribute. I feel like playing more angry music because I'm feeling pretty angry. And I think we're going to play some more from Gloss. And you can find them on YouTube as well as their other places online too. And I'll share that information as well. So... It's HTTP, Girls Living Outside Society's Shit, uh, .bandcamp.com. Please do support them, too. Please, please, please uh, share their music, buy their music, see them when they're coming to town. This is from their demo. And we'll be back uh, after this. <laughs>
being done in the name of borders than to physically transcend those hallowed words at the base of the Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddling masses. My client is an immigrant who came to this country because of those words, and she climbed the Statue of Liberty because she believes that every time a family is separated, every time an immigrant is criminalized, we betray those words. Um, I'm going to introduce her in a moment. We are going to keep fighting. She will keep fighting until family separation is a thing of the past with some brief housekeeping. This is Patricia Okumu, last name O-K-O-U-M-O-U. My name is Rhea Trivedi, R-H-I-Y-A, last name T-R-I-V-E-D-I. I currently represent Patricia. She's been charged with three federal misdemeanors for trespassing, interfering with government functions and disorderly conduct. Today, she entered a plea of not guilty to those three offenses, and thankfully, she's been released on her own recognizance. So, so Patricia will make some remarks, and then we will take a few questions. Uh, and so without further ado, Lady of Liberty, Patricia Okumu. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for being here. It's been a rough 24 hours for me and some of you. I want to thank Rise and Resist for their dedication in the work that they do for their support for equality and social justice. As you know by now, I am from the Republic of Congo. I came in this country in 1994. I also want to thank the United States Park Police, more specifically Officer Dallas Centro. They've been very, very wonderful to me. Talking about respect, courtesy, professionalism. I think the NYPD can learn something or two from them, from the United States Park Police. Michelle Obama, our beloved first lady that I care so much about, said, when they go low, we go high. And I went as high as I could. this country apart. It is depressing. It is outrageous. I can say a lot of things about this monster, but I will stop at this. His draconian zero tolerance policy on immigration has to go. In a democracy, we do not rip children we do not put children in cages, period. There is no debating it. Nothing you can say to me will justify putting children in cages. Only a stupid, unintelligent, coward, and insecure, I will add a maniac, will rip a tender-aged child from its mother. Reunite the children now. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Patricia's a naturalized citizen, thank God. Otherwise, I have no doubts that the system would try to deport her also. Patricia, you said it's been a tough 24 hours. 
As long as those children are in cages, I would not do it again. The judge told me not to. Of course, I would not do it again. But I think the message was sent. No child belongs in a cage. Children should not be separated from their parents, especially on a holiday like this. It is not okay. It's unacceptable. So many people want to know, how did you actually physically do it? How did you actually get up there? That was far and difficult. I did a pull-up. For 20 feet? How, how did it happen? Can you, can you just give us a little bit saved their money to go to the Statue of Liberty yesterday and were denied that trip or had it cut short because of what you did. Hopefully they know that there are people like Patricia out there trying to protect their civil liberties, which I would I would have faith that they treasure more than a trip to the Statue of Liberty. That's all, man. Next question. Anyone? Yes. It's part of moment, yes. Okay, the court case is ongoing, guys. We'll be back on August 3rd. Thanks very much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Always on it. All right. So perhaps if I'd start off with the show with that, may have been a bit more of a an uplift so really grateful for folks uh such as therese who put their bodies on the line um yes 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 have a few more stories before we wrap up the show and also for folks listening in there will be no common thread collective today unfortunately however they will be back next week so please do listen and you can check out previous episodes here at mutinyradio.fm a few more upcoming events actions workshops things that folks can go to and again there's so much i only get to a a very uh brief amount here we do have a, a call it seems let's see mutiny radio oh uh, yeah are you taking on your caller um uh, sure we can talk for like a minute Oh, sure. What are we doing right now? We're um, talking about some upcoming events that folks can attend. And there's one on Sunday, July 15th called How Not to Call the Police Ever Workshop. How Not to Call the Police. Yeah. Ah, well, we can go back to one of my old little things. How I was persecuted for being gay when I was a child. Oh, yeah? And I wasn't even gay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was like, what, 40, 50 years ago. Mm before all the gay liberation came in. Mm -hmm. So I'm in school. Maybe you heard this one before. And I got my period before the other kids because I was bigger, fatter, mm -hmm. whatever. So I'm in the school bathroom changing my, my sanitation thing. And the girls are looking over and I hear them, what did she do? She changed her diaper. So I looked up and said, are you having fun? <laughs> and they brought me to the office. Oh. And they were grilling me. What did you mean by having fun? What did you mean? And I was just a kid. I didn't know what the, I couldn't figure it out. I was in the bathroom, in the privacy of the bathroom. They were standing in the toilet, whatever, looking over at my private business. And it seemed the office was upset with that comment when I looked up to them and said, having fun. And it took me years years to figure out why they were so upset 
and it finally came to me some years back. They thought I was telling these girls they were gay by that comment, having fun. Hmm. So what did I get? I got to be persecuted for being gay, which I wasn't. And if I wasn't, I shouldn't be persecuted. It was so backwards, you know. Schools are screwed up, but they were screwed up back then, too. Mm. You know? Mm. Yeah. Are we on the air? We are on the air. Because, you know, have you heard about my campaign? Yes, to send you money. That's right, because, look, P.O. Box 720076, Now, look, who needs more money? I mean, we got people that got millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. I hear about this televangelist was trying to uh, the, the jet. send him $54 million for an airplane. Mm-hmm. Now, who needs it more? An old arthritic lady who got uh, cataracts, got trouble with her bladder, got trouble with some kind of a mucus buildup, mm-hmm. who just found out she's have hearing loss in both ears. Oof. Or someone that's going to be jetting around a $54 million jet. Well, you. That would be me. Sure. And then, also, I'm still getting those IRS scammy phone calls. Oh. Uh, they deal in fear. So I'm telling these people, don't deal in fear and give them money. Just send it to me. Mm-hmm. And I got people who call me up claim to be the police department. Oh. And I called and checked out if they do that. They don't do that. You know, and then I got to put a little plug in for Mutiny Radio, too. Yes, please. You know, because, look, people want to support the arts. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, this is me. I don't know if Mutiny Radio is approving of it, but I'm putting my opinion in there. If you want to support the arts, don't continue throwing money at the big boys that got millions yeah. to establish art. Here's a little outside underdog art plate mutiny radio yeah throw some money at them yes yes i mean come on that's what i'm saying i think everyone's own opinion do ray me and who needs money more sent to them someone that needs a 54 hour jet to go around for a poor old sick lady like me yeah i mean i not rolling in money i mean i'm not down to my last nickel but more is going out than coming in. Yeah, I hear that. Because I'm in a uh, on Social Security disability, and I had this little uh, disability kept coming in for some time, uh, but it's going to be cut off. My last check, according to them, stops when I get to be a certain age on my birthday. So my birthday is July 14th, and the last check they told me they informed me is going to be uh, July 13th. I got to get money, man, mm. because soon I, well, eventually, it's a long story, if more is going out than coming in, yeah. pretty soon I'm not going to be able to, well, eventually I'm not going to be able to meet my bills. Yeah, I and then, that. And the company, I called the Social Security to see if I can get some more, and it really freaked me out, kind of, sort of, because they said to me, now, do you have cooking facilities? And for me, that may be think, well, what the hell are they talking about? They're talking about if I, like, the interpretation I got, and everyone has their own opinion is, it's like a big thing if you got cooking facilities. Shouldn't everyone in America have cooking facilities mm-hmm. and a place to sleep? And let me tell you what I found out on the news. 
I've been calling London Breeze office for some time, mm-hmm. you know, about watching the money and get the most out of the money that they're coming in. And I have another subject that is something political I want them to do for me. Papers on a relative, the government, or it's a long story, but I have a the nursing facility. They said they wanted to live. He had a conservator. They signed papers like, don't do everything to make him live, and he's dead. And I keep telling different people in public office, do something about this. Do something to expose it. And what I get from them? Two things. That's not what they do. See, I call like, Feinstein's office, Pelosi's office, the city attorney's office, the FBI. The understanding I'm getting is that's not what we do. But what I'm saying is in public office and things like this are going on, that should be what you do. Mm-hmm. Then they come up with the one that the papers made it legal. Then I go back to mm-hmm. Nazi Germany had papers, mm-hmm. but it wasn't what they were doing either. Right. So anyway, I heard on the news was, get this, they spent $300 million a year on what's going on with the homeless people in San Francisco. And you see the way the homeless thing is. Well, they spend a lot of that money on criminalizing them and like law enforcement mm. and DPW. So, That's where the money goes. Well, what I'm getting at the them is getting a fat salary, you know, and the homeless situation, they say it improved, but it's a big mess. The salary they give people should be uh, in line with what results they get. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, if they're giving big fat salaries to, to work on the homeless thing, then it shouldn't be they get their fat salaries if the thing is still a mess. Mm-hmm. They get their, their salary according to how much they work on the problems getting resolved. Yeah. And. And what, you know, and a lot of things is they think it's just dandy to put someone in the shelter. I don't well, think so. There's over 1,000 people on the waiting list to even get in a shelter in the first yeah, place. Yeah, but shelters are dangerous. Years right. ago, some guy was telling me because he was in the shelter or something, mm-hmm. as I recall from memory, if I got it right. Someone, he stopped from him, maybe other people, stopped this other guy from maybe killing someone else with a knife. Mm-hmm. And you wonder why people don't want to go to the shelters? Yeah, it's not safe for everybody. Because it's dangerous? Yeah. Okay, Gail. Well, thank you. We have to, anyway, unfortunately... don't forget. Uh, $300 million... Because I got to talk fast. And you know, a medical convention or something pulled out of the city. Mm-hmm. To the tune of $40 million they maybe would have spent here. Mm-hmm. In relation to what was going on in the streets with the homeless and stuff. Yeah. So, what well, I'm trying... You want London Breeze Office name? I mean... Uh, Four one five 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 four seven six three zero. Because my well, I'm trying to get across. She's going to be the head of the city and watch that money. And remember, send money to Mutiny Radio. Yes, at and send Mutiny money Radio. to Old Gale because she needs it more than a guy who's got a fifty-four million dollar jet. Indeed. Well All right, said. Bye. Thanks for calling in, Gail. All right, that was sweet, Gail calling in. Our most frequent caller. Appreciate that. Our phone lines are open here. 415-550-0511. Got a few articles to share before we uh, finish up the show. So as I was mentioning before, there is a workshop that I attended uh, last year, I think, or a couple. Yeah, probably last year. And I learned a lot from it. I really encourage folks who are in the Bay Area and able to go to attend. And it's on Sunday, July 15th from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. And it's over at the First Congregational Church of Oakland, which is the United Church of Christ, which is at 2501 Harrison Street. And that's how not to call 
police, sheriffs, and cohort or courts uh, ever workshop, which is hosted by Poor Magazine. And Poor Magazine is a really awesome organization. Um, folks can follow them. They're on Facebook. They also put their own newspaper out. They have their own podcast. Really great folks. So they're putting on this workshop. I highly recommend that folks check it out. It's um, I'll read a little bit about here. The third, How Not to Call the Cops, Sheriffs, and the Courts Ever workshop, featuring the poor, unhoused, disabled, black, brown, indigenous, elder, and youth leaders, artists, cultural workers of Poor Magazine, Prensa Pobre, Poor News Network, PNN, Homefulness, who have practiced this concept for 21 years, even throughout their own collective traumas, colonization, gentrification, family violence, eviction, incarceration, displacement, betrayal, and the attempted takedown of the landless people's movement called homefulness. Walking this walk among a poor and indigenous peoples-led movement means facing our demons all the time because we all come out of collective trauma, experiences of racism, white supremacy, ableism, family violence, false borders, eviction, houselessness, criminalization, elder child abuse, sexual violence, rape, incarceration, police violence, genderism, hate crimes, and so much more. This workshop will include and launch an ongoing teaching on poor people's traumatized people's accountability, how to redefine a Western white supremacist notion of security and hold each other through trauma and into a true definition of interdependent safety. The workshop will feature extended family members and family elders from the Idris Selle Foundation, Crip Hop Nation, uh, Crip Hop Nation Worldwide Oh, worldwide, um, Sogoria Te Land Trust and Poor Magazine's Family Elder Council, Elephant Council, where decisions are made, and Revolutionary Building Circle at Homefulness, Food, and much more. An important reminder to please come scent-free, no smoking near the venue, and again, please avoid having smoke fragrance on your clothing. Scented audience members will be directed to a scented section. Spread the news. Uh, please email poormag at gmail.com to register in this history making workshop please note they're asking a three to five dollar donation at the door or whatever you can offer to help support or cover costs of the poverty disabled scholars who are leading this powerful seminar so again this is you can find this on facebook with all the information again it's happening sunday july 15th 3 to 6 p.m hosted by poor magazine at the first congregational church of oakland at 2501 Harrison Street. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. And again, it's like this is what it takes to provide and create the world that we want to live in. So we clearly see that the law enforcement and state violence is harming people. And so what can we do is create another world worth living in. And also, most importantly, listen to the folks who have been doing this work for generations and to take their lead and to listen to them. Okay. A few more things that folks can participate in. Tomorrow, July 7th, from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at 350 Alabama Street, which is pretty close here to the station, uh, there's a final signature gathering for our, our for our city, our home, which is hosted by the DSA and five others, including Coalition on Homelessness. On uh, Saturday is the final day to collect enough signatures to get Our City, Our Home on the ballot. For those of you who aren't familiar with Our City, Our Home, this measure would provide $300 million of resources for affordable housing, mental health care, and other services needed to house our homeless residents and protect all those who are vulnerable to eviction and displacement. We can finally make homelessness as we know it a thing of the past in San Francisco and be a model for the rest of the country. We, in, uh, we ask you to invite your Facebook community to join this urgent 
effort by volunteering on Saturday. We need volunteers for a variety of roles, especially signature gatherers. And you can call Ben at 415-674-6080 for details. And again, this is on Facebook. You can find this info. Okay, next up, we've got seven more minutes. Let's see how much we can cram in in that time. Uh, next up, there's an article in the Washington Post, and um, it's about how Amazon is uh, benefiting from white supremacist literature. So I encourage folks to, it's we're limited on time, I encourage folks to t- take a look at that article. Uh, and also to boycott these large companies. First of all, they're large companies. Second of all, you don't get that large by being a good person. So, whew, uh, let Amazon know if you order from them, they need to stop this practice. And if you want to l- learn more information, please check out their article on, in the Washington Post. Also, ProPublica has an article out and uh, they're doing a survey. Have you encountered white supremacists or neo-Nazis in the military? Tell us. Uh, we want to know more about these service members. We want to know what the Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines are doing about them. And this came out on May 22nd. And you can, again, find this at propublica.org. And we also share this on the Weekly Review website. For folks who are vets and or know folks who have served in the military, please do get the word out uh, so we can help out with this getting this information out there. Positive news, uh, Colin Kaepernick has received a civil rights award from the National Education Association. That news has been going around as well. Um, also, some other positive... Oh, there's... Okay. Uh, 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 it's, a, it's the end of the show, and so I'm like, ah, running out of... Okay, there's a lot. Ah. Okay. Okay. Uh, going back to one of the articles we were talking about before, um... Uh, in Huffington Post, outraged by kids in cages, look at our entire juvenile justice system. And that's an article written by Kara Drinnen, and that came out on June 24th. So again, it's talking about mass incarceration in this country and looking at its history and recognizing that this has been going on for a long time, far before 2016 and far before the administration has made more, uh, has been more overt about what's been happening. So for folks who are outraged by this and want to understand more of other folks who have been and continue to be affected by this, please do look at this article and recognize that this is a systemic oppression that's been happening in this country. <sighs> other, okay. Also, previously, I said, going to mention that tech giants are helping out with contracts with ICE and Border Patrol, and folks can... If you work for any of these companies and or know folks who who do, another way to assist is to recognize, is to put pressure on these companies to withdraw their support. So from Common Dreams, there's an article, demand grows for tech giants like Microsoft and Salesforce to cancel contracts with ICE and Border Patrol. We will hold any corporation accountable for their role in advancing Trump's violence against our communities. And this was written by Jessica Corbett, who's a staff writer. I'm going to tweet about this now. And also, it's on our Facebook page, so you can read more, more information. And also, if you work for one of these organizations, please do apply pressure on on everyone, your coworkers, your bosses, to withdraw support. All right, we got to that article, got to this article. Da, 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 da. We are getting to the very end here. And I did want to end on some positive news, and that's we heard that 
Um, finally, some good news from J20. 38 defendants um, are getting all of their charges dropped. That's great. And so for folks, uh, to J20 was the, a lot of folks, I would say, I would suggest more folks went to protest the inauguration than actually attended the inauguration. And unfortunately, many people were arrested. And the trials have been going on for quite a while. Um, and so we just heard today, as the show is going on, that it's such good news that folks that the charges have been dismissed. So I heard that firsthand from a person who um, who was facing, uh, ah, ah, excuse me, as I managed to get through with this technology to read more about this. And I also want to say if folks have any, again, uh, uh, any folks with disposable income, please do support folks who put their bodies on the line. And uh, one person in particular, you can uh, PayPal. It's at paypal.me. And that's uh, forward slash H4JNYCJ20Legal. And that will um, help get this one person um, some funds. So please donate if you're able. I've also posted that on my personal webpage on Facebook. You can see that. It's public. And yeah, so that's some really good news. Grateful for the folks uh, who will not face charges. When I was a kid, there was a game we call we played in gym called Ultimate Bombardment, and it was dodgeball with this extra added caveat that there was a Nerf football, and if the Nerf football was on your side and you threw it anywhere on your side, which was like from that half court uh, position, anywhere and you were able to throw it to the other side to get into the basket on the opposing team's side, and it went in, everyone on your team who'd been tagged out could come back in and join you. And I think about that a lot as an analogy of how do we get the folks who are currently incarcerated, who don't deserve to be incarcerated out to join us back? What is that magic football that we can use to get the folks out of, that are incarcerated? And how much more fulfilling lives would be if people weren't separated from their families and they're able to protest and fight alongside us? And what will that take? All right, so yes, um, cool, great, um, really grateful, and again, grateful for the folks uh, that J20 are out, grateful for 